Hello, and welcome to A Couple of Goons. I am Walt Hickey, triumphant and returned from the city of Chicago, as well as parts of Montana. It was great. Uh, joining me today, as always, and who held down the fort last week, very, very nobly, is the one and only Neil Payne. Hey, Walt. Neil, Glad to have how's you it back going? Among goons. Yes, it feels great to be among goons yet again. It felt very um, isolating, uh, not being surrounded by goons. And hey. then I landed in Chicago, and it was great. But um, yeah, no, good times. Hey, Chicago Burns. Good city. Very great city. Very big fan of that place. Yeah. Did you run into uh, any Blackhawk legends when you were what appeared to be outside of some kind of like Blackhawks-themed bar at an airport? Was uh, what, what was going on there? I was. Uh, the, uh-huh. well, that was in a place called O'Hare, and they had a Blackhawk themes bar there. Uh, I didn't eat there. I ended up eating inside town a little bit closer. But um, I did find a hockey bar. You know, lo and behold, I tracked down a bar that not only had the hockey game on, but had a whole bunch of fans there. And they were fans of wow. a team called the Minnesota Wild, which is, I guess, you know, Chicago. That's, you know, it's like being from Philly really? and living in New York, right? Like, I imagine that's just kind of the situation out there a couple times. But uh, yeah, so I got to watch some hockey and I got to watch it in a setting that I have never been able to watch it before. Uh, vaccinated and inside a, 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 a yeah, thriving establishment. This is, uh, really what what the playoffs are all about. And uh, yeah, the playoffs came around just in time for us to really uh, experience them in, in full bloom. Yeah, uh, it is a fun one. So uh, last week, y'all talked a little bit about like the culture of the playoffs and some traditions and, and kind of all that kind of stuff. But this week we were thinking, we're just going to talk about these specific playoffs, like the playoffs that we're currently enduring. You have put in a lot of hard work on, you know, uh, the model. We have people who are no longer, who had, you know, at this point last week, we're still viable contenders for the Stanley Cup who are now not anymore as a result of losing enough games to be precluded from a consideration for that title, uh, including one of the teams that I was rooting for. Which in this, one so again? We got oh, that Edmonton. going for me. <laughs> uh, oh, the Oilers. Yeah, I, I like Edmonton. <laughs> and now I don't anymore. They're dead to me. So I got to figure out. I'm thinking of, I think I'm doing it like mm. um, like Highlander style, like the teams that I've got in the uh, – in the playoffs, You're pulling the for whoever beat the beats them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Winnipeg. So in that case, that would, big um, Winnipeg you know, it, yeah, exactly. It would give me a chance to root for Winnipeg. Yeah, I'd like them. Uh, and then, you know, just kind of carry that forward because I don't have any, a team in the East and, uh, you know, see how I feel going into the, 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 the final. But yeah, either way, I'm thinking that's how I'm going to play it. But uh, before we do that, I know that you have, Last week, I was shocked and appalled. I nearly dropped my phone when I heard this. But you have stopped using the ELO system to find out who team <laughs> well, of the week the playoffs, is? You know, What's it's happening? It's a little tough, to, especially last week, because I think uh, because of the way that the playoffs were like offset, well, for three of the divisions, <laughs> they were they were like delayed extremely uh, that a team's change over the previous week, like many of the changes were zero points. Uh, so yeah, I kind of broke my own, I broke my one rule, uh, to put it in Batman parlance. Um, no, I think, uh, this week's, uh, team of the week <laughs> though, I'll go back to ELO. I think it's instructive for this, um, is the Colorado avalanche. We should track who has been team of the week the most. Cause I okay. feel like they have been, um, in that conversation many times, they uh, but they swept the St. Louis Blues, who just seemed sort of wildly overmatched. So maybe that was not uh, truly an indicative opponent. But, you know, I think all these teams that made the playoffs, I mean, the Blues won the cup a couple years ago. You know, we're, we're not going to write them off uh, that easily. Yeah. And Colorado just uh, just beat them. Really, it wasn't even remotely close. I think the closest of any of the games that they played was a uh, three goal margin <laughs> in any of the four games. So uh, yeah, I think Colorado <laughs> is the deserving team of the week. That's and tough. I believe they're also our favorites to win. Yeah. The, to win the cup right now with a 22.5% chance in the model. Uh, they are the, the Ooh. number one team. Um, That's huge. Yeah. They're, they're looking good. Team of the week material. Team of the week material. Yeah. I've noticed, um, you know, uh, well, I guess we'll kind of go division by division, but those guys have been pretty good. They, they, they've been, they, they really kind of consummately dispatched, 
uh, the blues and uh, they, they seem to, be, they, they were, they were on a lot when I was in Montana. I think that that's their, cause you mm-hmm. know how Montana doesn't actually have any professional sports teams. I think that they were in the Colorado orbit. Yeah. That makes Certainly sense. Not the I Edmonton guess time zone wise, right? Like you're that's in Rocky mountain time. Probably. I think it's yeah. also the closest well, Canada. Right? Like unless you yeah, get Canada, no, unless really you start driving up north. all of our conceptions yeah. of time and space. Um, but God, I should have done more reporting out I there know, to figure you out weren't, exactly you weren't digging what the vibe was. Into, um, um, the, the fan makeup of Helena, Montana. I have no idea where the hell you were in Montana. In fact, actually, I didn't know you were in Montana. I knew you were in Chicago. <laughs> I didn't know you had, you had ventured uh, outside uh, yes. Illinois. We did some... Yeah, we went to Chicago, and then I've we got it. the Amtrak train to um, Whitefish, Montana, Ooh. which is just by Ooh. Glacier National Park. And then we went to Glacier National Park. And so it was a great, yeah, it was like, <laughs> let's ride these vaccines like we stole them and uh, and, 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 it, and uh, just go through it. But yeah, so, and then, uh, yeah, so I was out there for a bit. And then I flew back like a normal person, um, not like, to, oh, like an 1800s uh, yeah, you didn't <laughs> person riding the wagon trains, but, and, um, uh, and or horse and buggy back Oregon trail style. <laughs> I came back by steamship. <laughs> we had to we had to haul the steamship Man. over the course of the mountains, yeah. and and it was a a whole thing. Um, you know, the Blues yeah. had to do that. that That's great. why they were so um, tired when they played the Avalanche. Classic. I mean, I was just wondering what that situation was because they just got iced. Um, so also in the uh, well, do you want to do? Do you want to jump directly well, into it, or have you got a number nineteen? Should also be. Uh, Regarding the Colorado Avalanche, I think it's it's only natural. So when I was growing up, there were two really good number 19s that played center at the same time uh, in the late 90s. One of them played for the Detroit Red Wings and was named Steve Iserman, uh, which is a very fun name. Uh, not many names start with the letter Y and then followed by a Z. With a Y? Uh, yeah. And this guy was also super good. Uh, and one of the best players ever, one of the greatest captains ever. Um, so I'm really tempted to make him the the 19 of the week. But since we've been talking up Colorado, I want to go with his center rival at the same era, uh, which is Joe Sackick of the Colorado Ooh. Avalanche. He also wore number 19, uh, known for having one of the deadliest wrist shots uh, in NHL history. We can go into shot types in a later episode. Uh, but this dude was, uh, yeah, he was just an all around <laughs> beast. Uh, and in 2001, he won the, the MVP, uh, the heart trophy, uh, as we've discussed before in which he scored 54 goals. This was the height of the dead puck era. Still, um, 118 points and was a plus 45 plus minus. He also led the league with 12 game-winning goals that season. But the Avalanche won the Cup that year. They also won the Cup in 1996, another year where he had 51 goals and 120 points. Uh, And Joe Sackick just was a uh, great player. And then he's gone on to be a a great executive, and now he is the uh, general manager of the current Colorado Avalanche. So he's kind of built. Not only was he the captain and uh, best player on the previous Colorado Avalanche, you know, dynasty, whatever we want to call it. They won a couple cups in like six years. Does that count as a dynasty? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but also he's like the vice president of hockey operations for the Avalanche or something like that, or uh, general manager or something, uh, something similar to that. Uh, and so he's kind of built uh, another great Colorado team that, like we said, could win the cup this year. That's good. That actually, it that provokes a question in me because I was trying to keep track of a, of accounting on calendar and whatnot. But like you, you, you just reminded me that there are these trophies that go around, right? The Hart Memorial Trophy, all that. When do we actually give those? When are those allocated? Is that like a postseason situation, an All Star Game situation, a Stanley Cup? Sit like when do we actually find out the winner? Of some of these because I didn't see any news for the no, winner. This they year. haven't given so those did, out. I didn't they miss picked it, right? the finalists. I want to say that they actually picked those or announced those today, which is great timing. Uh, oh, word. Okay. Oh, I feel far less yeah. dumb than I did two uh, seconds fact, ago. Thank here's you. an email that was sent via NHL public relations at 4 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, landed in my inbox. 
uh, <laughs> where they 19 said minutes uh, early, baby. that the finalists, oh, the finalists are going to be revealed uh, at certain preset dates, starting with the Vezina Trophy on June 1st. And then, oddly, they're announcing the Hart Trophy, which is the MVP, the best trophy, as we as we noted, on June 10th. And then they're, and then they're noting the giant onion. Nice yes, onion. it looks like a giant onion. Uh, they're they're noting the Jack Adams, which is the Coach of the Year trophy. The next day, they're saving like uh, not the worst for last, just sort of a trophy for last, but not the the most prestigious one. Uh, yeah, I don't remember well, us rating that one, one rather had, highly. Like, I think Emily gave it a good grade because it had little like pictures within the picture, uh, you know, like uh, pictures of guys on the trophy for guys, uh, which was always (laughs) popular. But aside from that, like that's coach of the year, you know, generally it's just, Hey, who, uh, who exceeded their preseason Vegas over under uh, points projection the most. Yeah. Give that guy the coach of the year. He clearly did it. Yeah. That's right. We support labor, not management. Come on, get us more. Yeah, get right. us hearts. Not, get we some, don't need this heart trophies, trophy stuff. That's so anyway, uh, June 11th. That means Coach. when they're announcing the finalists. So uh, yeah, they tend to announce the the winners. They have like usually have a ceremony. I don't know if that's going to happen this year, especially with like Canada having its uh, border issues with the U.S. still and, you know, all of this uh, right. international intrigue. I have to think that they won't have or they'll do it like remotely or whatever, but it's usually not until after the season. And this year, remember, the Stanley Cup uh, is pushed back anyway compared when uh, it usually is. Uh, so the like the latest date, I think, is uh, sometime in July, uh, July 21st or something like that, July 15th. There we go. Uh, is the last possible date for the Stanley wow. Cup final. So, like, yeah. So, like, That's you know, impressive. sometime in the following weeks, because the expansion draft is on July 21st, and the NHL draft, like the rookie draft, is on July 23rd. Uh, so they're going to have to squeeze in the awards sometime in that range, because typically the the drafts signify the start of like okay we're in next season mode we're not uh focusing on the season that just ended anymore but yeah so i think we're gonna that's get gonna be you know get used to it across all sports this summer and really i mean you know it can't be any weirder than it was <laughs> last year where like we had the stanley cup final in like fucking september or something october and then we like turned around and had the season start and <laughs> like right after new year's Got it. All right, so that's cool. So we have these awards coming up, and so I didn't miss it. In fact, I was really oh, yeah, it was great. I was extremely on time with that question. Good job, Walter. <laughs> um, so yeah, I guess. Uh, do you want to? Uh, actually, you know what? Wow, I want to do this now. I got you a little something. Is it a fudgy the whale? Got you a little something. Um, that I can promptly re-gift. No, it's not a fudgy the whale. <laughs> We're gonna. <laughs> First of all, ouch. Second of all, I did. So I have noticed that over the course of this podcast, we have had, you know, the the key resource that we've been relying on the entire time is your GitHub, right? And I've found it really important that we continue to plug it, you know, github.com slash neilpain538. It's a really good resource and all that kind of stuff. But it just Mm, kept mm -hmm. on getting really cumbersome to say. It kept on getting really hard to say github.com slash neilpain538. Oh, my God. And so God. I have bought you a domain name. Yeah. The domain name is github.com slash neilpain538.com. So it's all spelled out. It's uh, it's great. We will leave the link in the bio down below. But um, now, whenever you want to find your, you know, excellent hockey website all you need to go is www.github.com slash neilpain 538com and you'll get there and again dot com the first dot com is spelled <laughs> out because it is within a url but um yeah so and the slash easier. is just the word slash this so. is in the but either way, spirit um, of 538 it's much easier uh spelled out so i like where your headspace <laughs> is at with this <laughs> <laughs> but either way, um, 
Oh, yeah, this is just a little, you know, I was out of town for a couple hey, days. Thanks so much this. for, for, for running the show. Um, yeah, we, uh, you know what? We could use this as a platform to start putting up like, uh, you know, interactives off of uh, off of the, the GitHub data. We'll host those there. Of course. And then the URL will kind yeah. of become even more uh, easier to remember. I shouldn't say cumbersome. This is not cumbersome. This is it's about convenience. No, exactly. It's just, again, like the thing, it rolls off the tongue again, Neil Payne, <laughs> rather, rather github.com slash Neil Payne 538.com. Um, it's, it's, you know, I think it's kind of the next Facebook. It's just like, got that sound. Uh, I was originally going to call it the github.com slash Neil Payne 538.com. And then I was advised to, you know what? Drop the, much. the, you don't it's need excessive. it. And, uh, and yeah, so here we are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's indulgent. Exactly what we need. But um, anyway, so now moving forward, anybody who wants to find the latest in hockey statistics only needs to go, obviously, Neil to our <laughs> website, which Get, is github.com slash neilpain538.com. Nope. .com. That's right. That's github.com slash neilpain538.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, great. <laughs> So, um, As let's talk about to, hockey. Um, <laughs> domain name speculation. Um, this is actually, I think that's what this is. This is the long game yes, that no. you're playing. It's a hot topic. Yeah. I've also got .org, .biz. I, I spent a, dropped like four hundo on this brand. Got the so, German um, but, <laughs> yeah. I had to find a, 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 a PO box in, 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 in Germany to get that one done. But yeah, we go got full it. translation um, for all those German but, fans um, out there. Full translation, exactly. <laughs> or wait, should it be GitHub. Oh de yeah, that's slash? right. No, oh man, I need to find them even more. Yeah. <laughs> um. Great. Yeah, it should be a dot. We should have CA. a. I, now that I think about it, it would be really good to have a Canadian next version. Time. For the, next time. Yeah, uh, we've got to get that. Anyway, are you willing to translate the spreadsheets into French? Because I don't know how to do either. Uh, Thanks, Canadian. But like, really, yeah. just sort of the English right. part. Yeah. Well, the only th- the only way that you would translate it to Canadian is instead of having all thirty one teams ooh, in it, you wouldn't have a team ooh, that won recently on it. That's so just it uh, harsh, but fair. Yeah, so please send hate mail to Walt at GitHub.com slash Neil Payne five three eight dot com and that go direct set up me. and everything. <laughs> all right. The business. Um, so we talked a little bit about the Weast and Team of the Week, um, where the Avalanche had thoroughly dispatched the Blues. Uh, anything that you kind of want to get into that? That seemed like it was very, like again, yeah, very the, kind of. There, there wasn't much outmatched. to say about about that series, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. Um, still ongoing, though. I mean, I, depending on how quickly I get this episode out, I suppose potentially uh, is Minnesota and Vegas. Um, that's yeah, been and, good. and maybe that's a little a bit more one. competitive than we expected because I've been talking up the Golden Knights as you know potentially co favorites with the Avalanche going into the playoffs, and the Wild came out and they won Game One, and then with a chance for Vegas to end the series, they actually held tough in Game Five and they won four to two, and so now I don't know. I mean, I still think uh, Vegas is going to win. What do we have the odds of them winning at eighty four point five percent so got a good feeling about vegas and i mean it makes sense like you know minnesota is gonna have to win two before vegas wins one uh and that's that's actually the case in a couple of these series where you sort of look at the odds and you're like "Eh, it kind of makes sense that uh the favored team is is out ahead like that yeah um but again like again minnesota's looked rather good on this uh and it's been cool to watch. Uh, I actually forgot to pick a team in this one. So I, I'm going to pick whichever team wins Ooh, this okay. as my team okay. in the West. Wait, I thought we're going to get some stakes uh, here oh, as right, if, you know, the West, not, the not in the, uh, in the North. Cause you've got Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. Got Winnipeg. Got, now Winnipeg I have Winnipeg the whole time. obviously. And then I like Carolina. I, know, I remember um, no talk of the, the whole time. Of uh, course. Edmonton Oilers. I remember you saying Connor McDavid, will horribly disappoint and his teammates will be horrible <laughs> and they'll get swept. You said this, you said this going mm-hmm. into the, yeah. 
Yes, of course. I was on record saying this. I shared many memes uh, that I've seen recently. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's been it, yeah, obviously totally. Winnipeg all the way. Top, yeah, nailed it. Um, we'll get there in a second. But yeah, I like uh, these both. Both these teams are fun. I've enjoyed these games a lot. Partially because again, I don't really have stake in them, so I've just kind of enjoyed watching them. But um, now, uh, do you want to go to uh, Canada metaphorically because we're not allowed to actually do that in reality? Yeah, metaphorically, yeah. Our passports, <laughs> passports are not don't work um, in this so country. The Jets have dispatched. <laughs> no, they do not. Nope, <laughs> they are not accepted here. Um, sure Jets did. have dispatched the Oilers. Um, Again, that was yeah, it was pretty yeah, surprising was and, and frankly right? pretty disappointing for the Oilers. Um, who, yeah, we've seen a lot of people uh, roast the non Connor McDavid portion of that team on uh, Twitter uh, since that happened, just because yeah, they've made a lot of questionable decisions in how they built that team, and it's kind of weird how they're wasting the talent of this like generational player. And Leon Dreisaitl is right there, too. He actually had more points in the series than Connor McDavid. But after them, McDavid and Dreisaitl together, uh, they had nine points, and the team as a whole scored, uh, scored 16 goals. No, I'm sorry, scored eight goals. So they actually had a hand uh, in more than one goal uh, goal, uh, per, per goal that the team scored, if that makes sense, um, uh, during the series. So, uh, you, you can't really win when, and by the way, they were playing more than 30 minutes a night. Some of that was because three of the four games went to overtime. One went to triple overtime, but still they were like double and triple shifting these guys and having them play like most of the game, um, because they, just had no depth outside of that. And Winnipeg has plenty of depth uh, that they could kind of throw at you. So I think it was the tale of two rosters uh, where Edmonton didn't really have much goaltending, was relying on uh, grizzled veteran uh, Mike Smith to backstop them. 38-year-old Mike Smith uh, and really only was like a kind of a two-man team or maybe a three-man team if we're we're being uh, charitable with Darnell Nurse. Uh, and then the Jets were just like, yeah, we got like waves of guys we can throw at you, and we have a really good goalie in Connor Hellebuck. So, yeah, that seemed to be the difference in that series. Interesting, cool. And so, um, how do how do we look moving forward? Do you think? Do you think do they look uh, yeah, stronger I mean, I than think, they might uh, look going in? The Jets do. They've gained. Um, uh, let's see where they rank in our weekly uh, Elo. Uh, gaining ratings. So they're the fourth biggest gainer of the past week behind uh, only the Avalanche, the Bruins, and the Maple Leafs, uh, which segues us right into the team Ooh. that most likely they'll be playing in the next round, which is the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have a, um, a 3-1 lead on the uh, Montreal Canadiens. They've won three straight after dropping the opener in a little bit of a shocker uh, and Mont- uh, Toronto lost John Tavares, uh, one of their better players, in a really gruesome incident in which he got like kneed in the head accidentally uh, by a guy who maybe is known a little bit for a reputation of being a dirty player in Corey Perry, but in this case it was unintentional. Uh, but Corey Perry still had to fight someone on Toronto uh, <laughs> to atone for uh, his <laughs> sin against the hockey uh, hockey gods. But anyway, after that game that Montreal ended up winning and it was like, oh man, are the Leafs going to choke this away against their bitter rivals? Uh, Toronto has been pretty much in control the rest of the way. Yeah, they won uh, really game two, it. five to one. Uh, they won only by one in game three, but then they came out and they uh, shut out the Canadians, winning four nothing in game four. So right now, the the model does not give uh, Montreal much of a chance to come back in that series. Uh, it gives them a five point. 5.6% chance uh, 5%. of coming back. I mean, the model doesn't like Montreal anyway. It didn't like their regular season. Uh, it's also hard-coded <laughs> to be biased against French Canadians. That's not true. Uh, you can take up your complaints with uh, <sighs> github.com slash neilpain538.com.com slash Walt Hickey. Uh, anyway, uh, no, it, it just <laughs> thought that they were not, you know, a particularly impressive team during the regular season. They, I think, had a negative goal differential during the season, uh, and they really have 
you know, lost ELO points in this series so far. Um, so yeah, I think this was one of the bigger uh, mismatches of the first round anyway. And so we're kind of seeing why. Got it. So it looks like, you know, barring something, a huge comeback, which could happen uh, over the course We've of seen, three uh, games, Montreal, right? It would, uh, could happen. stage big comebacks. I think they came back from like three Oh down against Boston one year or something like that. Uh, and we've also seen Toronto have its postseason hexes, its curses, whatever you want to call it. Um, so we'll see, but I, I think they'll be okay. Real question is when Tavares will come back, um, uh, and be able to play again because, you know, he, I think skated, uh, at their practice facility today. Uh, I read, but aside from that, um, he, you know, may not be available the rest of the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised, but it, it certainly I don't know whether he'll be available for the next series. So that's another one where, uh, I think Toronto is better and has more depth, uh, and aren't as like single-mindedly reliant on their stars as, uh, Edmonton, uh, was. Uh, but at the same time, you'd see that being a situation where, you know, it takes away some of the edge that Toronto would have on paper against uh, a team like Winnipeg. Interesting. So this definitely seems fun to watch. All right, cool. And again, I'm doing this Highlander style. So like Winnipeg's my team. You know, I think that <laughs> Winnipeg can take lose, either of these and then clowns, you'll be, uh, Right. And In you'll which have, case, Winnipeg yeah, was doomed the whole time the because I the picked the right team, the Leafs, or, or Canadian. Probably like, we the Leafs. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I mean, right now, the the, the Leafs, yeah, they, they look terrible. Against yeah, that is, that's but. a good point. If you're <laughs> going to badmouth um, one team on the basis of uh, rooting against them, but then later pick them up, it's sort of like, you know, it's a, a lot of cognitive dissonance happening in this uh, rooting schema. Yes. I now, like, I have a... I have a ton of respect for wrestling announcers who must do this constantly so just as their job. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> um, great. Uh, do you want to go central, to the central well, or you want to go? Yeah, to the I think East? the central has been, uh, more fascinating. Uh, if we're being honest about it, uh, the battle of Florida, what has been, pretty much as good as, as we expected it to be. Uh, it's been very Florida, uh, where <laughs> Tampa won the first two games. Uh, the first one was like a classic, uh, but then Florida won in overtime in game three. And then just when it looked like Tampa might have their number and be able to put them away in five, uh, Florida responded and won four to one in game five. So now, uh, tonight really pivotal game, uh, coming up, uh, and really like, I don't know which way this series is is going to tilt uh, ultimately. Like Tampa is the favorite, uh, and and it's another one of those situations where they're in a great situation where the other team has to win two before they win one. So all they really have to do is uh, take one of the next two. But at the same time, Florida, we've kind of talked them up as a dangerous team, the, t- the team that nobody really wanted to face uh all season so yeah i think that um that they're not done giving tampa trouble i don't think although by the time people listen to this they'll got it yeah but we'll see it's hey it's entirely possible that's why again we keep telling people totally you got to listen to this immediately after it comes out you can't or we sound kind of dumb sometimes but um and so I remember we talked about this two weeks ago, and I remember you guys talking about this last week. But like, doesn't didn't Tampa have like a little bit of a secret <laughs> weapon in a person who was very grievously injured, but managed to squeak out a, a yeah, it's a kind of been miraculous recovery that Nikita second. Kucherov, who missed the entire regular season, uh, and therefore uh, was his salary was able to be buried on long term injured reserve, allowing Tampa Bay to slide under the salary cap by the slimmest of margins. Now that the salary cap considerations are no longer a thing during the postseason, he's come out and scored three goals with uh, nine points in five games during this series and essentially looked like the best player uh, <laughs> on the planet, which is kind of what he had been the previous three seasons. But I'm sure that there, there's nothing to that. I, th- I think that, um, you know, that's just uh, a coincidence. <laughs> It's just the continued oh, yeah. efficacy of thoughts and prayers. I don't know why people don't do that more often. It's like, 
That is kind of st- so. Are they going to fix that at some point? Is there like a CBA coming up? Because that seems like a like if if this were like if everyone in this league were Bill Belichick, they would just do that. Yeah, right. I mean, like uh, we talked before about the contract shenanigans that got um, that that got the Devils. Yes, exactly. The Jersey and, Devils. And the way that those uh, worked out. Now I think the NHL signed a new CBA with the players like last year or something like that. So there's probably uh, some ways to go before that, but that doesn't mean that they can't, I, I don't think they have to wait for the CBA uh, to, to make a change for that. Because again, it's not like Nikita Kucherov is going to get paid no matter what. Uh, like the money is kind of imaginary. Like, you know, uh, it, for the purposes of the salary mm-hmm. cap, yes, he didn't count his full amount against the Tampa's number, but like he still got paid the same amount as he would have anyway, in terms of like his bank account. The only thing that that it showed up on was the the salary cap, yeah. uh, you know, calculation that the league keeps on each team. So really, I think you could settle this among teams, and that you know the players would just be like, "Well, we don't care how you, you know, do this math as long as we continue to draw our checks each week." Um, but yeah, so it's sort of like a handle it among yourselves, teams. But I don't know if the teams have an appetite to do that. Like um, I, I was reading something that was. I forget where it was, but it was uh, like a defense of the, you know, a celebration of salary cap uh, uh, shenanigans and circumvention and basically had some quotes in it where other GMs were like, you know, we'd do the same thing if we had the opportunity and, you know, we're not like mad about it. It is what it is. Uh, And, you know, it's nice to have that flexibility because it's sort of like they don't want to close up a loophole that Tampa already got to use and then cut themselves off potentially from being able to use it themselves. Right. Uh, so I think that um, probably GMs are like, this is great. This gives me the option down the line to do the same thing. Go Tampa. Also, I hate you, Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It definitely seems like one of those, like this could get bad if we let it happen all the time situations. But then again, like, if it's just a little extra insurance policy to keep a little extra gas in the back and of I the don't, tank, I like, don't see other not? teams really doing this um, all that easily because like Tampa and we're ascribing this motive to them, by the way, we don't know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Kucherov was hurt no, sure. for like some portion of the season. It's just a question of whether it was all of the regular season. Um, uh, (laughs) And, and, you know, how much he could have summoned the will to play if he like absolutely had to versus like, no, this is cool. But that's also part of the point is that, um, you know, uh, when you have a player like that, uh, normally missing him for an entire regular season would like kind of screw you because he would be your best player and you would have no one else roughly on the same level. But because Tampa is the best team uh, or right. one of the best teams in the league and they are the defending champs, they're like one of only a few teams that could afford to let their best players sit the whole regular season and still make the playoffs like relatively comfortably and then be, be like, okay, he's back. Let's go. Uh, you know, we even saw with Colorado as great as they are. And I've been talking them up. Nathan McKinnon missed some time during the season and they were just not the same team without him uh, in the mix. So if they had to play the whole season without him, Maybe they would make the playoffs, but it would not have been like a slam dunk by any stretch of the imagination. So for Tampa, Got yeah, it, it's yeah. like how it's not just hot gutsy is that yeah. to be like we don't there are, need this guy who is arguably the best player in the league or one of the top three players in the league at worst um, over the past few years, and so we can make the playoffs without him. Like who else would say that? You know, who else could sit there and have that kind of confidence in the rest of their team? Yeah. They're risk yeah, to leaving exactly. him back at the Pokemon yeah. Center. You can't do that. that. You got to take him with you. <laughs> That's fun. A wild yeah, he's got to be there on appeared. Victory Road. Um, <laughs> that is a pretty good name for a Pokemon. Um, fighting type, naturally. Uh, so, 
the other one, again, we got my yes. hurricanes it, facing the natural predators, and it's going great. I'm having a lot of fun. It's a good time. Um, there have been crowds at at the canes because they. I read this ESPN story about how they installed like an extremely expensive. Uh, ventilation system uh and that was like the hold up to getting it and and they got it and it was it's yeah, been a, it's been really been well a to watch really that. good series so far and had like a lot of twists and turns and uh excitement tons of overtime a lot of overtime Two games it's went been, into uh, multiple good overtimes uh and the predators won both of those games uh and then carolina you know things were pretty touch and go for them they were down for most of that game five and i was like is carolina gonna be on the ropes at this point and then they were able to force overtime and then they ended up winning in overtime and maybe saved their season uh with that performance in game five so yeah that was uh just part of sort of the the ups and downs of this series uh overall where we thought tampa uh, we thought carolina would be pretty heavily favored and that it was a little bit similar to toronto uh against montreal in terms of like eh, the favored team is not going to really have a problem here but unlike montreal who you know has kind of fallen apart after that first game nashville has hung in there man they have really given carolina everything uh they could <laughs> want and then some so yeah this has been a great series and again that's one where tomorrow we'll get a lot of clarity on will we go to game seven if nashville wins and they'll be at home i believe for that game too so uh you know uh game mm-hmm. sevens in hockey uh are always the best Game, game seven, seven is in, in Carolina. Carolina. Right. So game six is in Nashville. So again, Nashville yeah. needs to win that one to force game seven. And then, yeah, we'll get that that crowd atmosphere going in, in Carolina for game seven if that does happen. So I'm excited for it, even though yet again, it's another one of those. The odds are low for the underdog because they have to win two before the other team wins one. Yada, yada, yada. Nashville what are, what are at 18%, the odds actually right now? Carolina uh, at 82%. And part of that is, again, Carolina was just had a was a better team yeah. all season and was a better team last season, too. So sort of they're riding in with uh, theoretically a better team on paper. But Nashville has sort of not really re- regarded that with any kind of importance for most of the, the series. And I got to say, overtime, you know, anything can happen in overtime. Uh, and a couple of those games going into double OT, yeah. you know, it's it's everybody has dead legs at that point. It's really just, you know, uh, any little bounce, yeah. any little mistake can, can turn things uh, around. Yeah. 18% is also just like, you have to exactly. win two coin I mean, flips with it like makes a slight sense. Yeah, so like that number why makes these a ton are so of many eighty like, twenty matchups yeah. where with one team up three to two um, is just yeah the the fact of having to win the two coin flips before the other uh, and not lose any I guess. Yeah, just, yeah exactly. That's fun, and with it, it's even more instructive as we segue over east to like the uh, the Penguins and Islanders are like it's the same exact situation, but you have them like it's 75% chance, 25% chance, which is like almost just chalk that it's yeah, valuing. You look these at two ELO ratings, they uh, almost have exactly the same ELO rating. Uh, the Islanders are 1555 yeah. and the Penguins are 1553. Uh, so uh, in that, uh, in that way, you can kind of understand like these two teams are totally even basically on paper, uh, and so the advantage that the Islanders have just simply comes to, oh, yeah, in game seven, if it does happen, would be at Pittsburgh. Uh, so really, it sort of comes down yeah. to Islanders. Can they win that coin flip um, at home in game six? Um, and Pittsburgh, man, their goaltending has uh, has really been uh, much maligned as it has been often in the playoffs, I feel like, uh, ever since um, – Marc-Andre Fleury uh, ever since they kind of let him go uh, and Matt Murray sort of fell apart. And now Tristan Jerry has been really quite awful. Uh, In fact, uh, he sort of gave away one of the games where he just for no good reason decided to uh, try to fire the puck down the center of the ice uh, where there were uh, Islander players kind of buzzing around. And uh, one of the Islander players just, 
picked it off and then immediately scored. Like he could have done anything else with the puck and it would have been <laughs> much better than that. Uh, but instead he decided to, um, to do that. Oh, and I should say, uh, this one's going to be totally out of date by the time that we're um, done talking because they're playing right now. And it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's it five like, to three Islanders. It's so, five to three. Um, yeah. The Islanders, barring some kind of Could comeback, um, are really in a position to put this one away. And for Pittsburgh, that would be a really disappointing uh, result right now. Uh, if you think about the way that their past few seasons have ended, like they got swept by this Islanders team two years ago in the first round of the playoffs, uh, I believe as defending champions uh, or no, they were one year removed uh, after winning it all. And then last year, uh, I don't know if we talked about this, but basically they would have made the first, the round of 16 of the playoffs, like the normal around uh, uh, 16 mm-hmm. team, you know, first round uh, if COVID hadn't happened, but because the uh, the league restarted with this 24 team setup, they made the bottom, you know, a certain number of seeds in each division or conference or whatever it was play in an extra qualifying round. And so the Penguins got sort of relegated. They were right Oof. on the bubble and they got relegated down into that extra round. And so their chances of making the the round of 16 went from almost 100 percent to like you know, 55% or 60% or something like that. Uh, and then of course they lost that round to Montreal. So, uh, you know, if you can't beat Montreal in a qualifying series, uh, last year, then you probably wouldn't have made much noise in the playoffs anyway. Uh, so it's not, it's, it's kind of their own fault either way, but just the way that these, um, seasons have ended and it's another kind of, uh, I don't even know if it's a prime season for Sidney Crosby. I mean, he's had a great season, um, but he is getting pretty long in the tooth uh, at this point. And it's just another chance for him, you know, kind of to win another cup, potentially slipping away if they don't uh, do something in the in the closing moments of this game. Yeah. Yeah, they got about 20 minutes to put something together. Um yeah, definitely. And this has always been a rather close yeah, series. Yeah, it's been back and well forth too, and, so. and a couple of overtime games. And um, the I believe the game where Tristan Jerry had the awful turnover was in the double overtime game in game five. Yikes. Hate that. Uh, and then, of course, there's uh, this is kind of funny because when I was listening back um, to the episode that you had last week, you were like apologizing profusely to Emily for, for recording a podcast during a, a Boston game. Uh, and like when I went back to check, it was like, oh, yeah, that at that moment that you recorded it, everything was in doubt. It was a one one series. It was like and, and like you could actually just see the game and, and exactly what was going on. It was just like you were recording it at the last moment of certainty. Yeah, uh, the last Boston moment of hope on for Washington. I feel like <laughs> Yeah, at that yeah. point. Exactly. Um, Uncertainty, I should yeah, say. Yeah, they uh things really fell apart for um the Caps uh after that point and similar to Crosby, Alex Ovechkin at age uh 35, you know, one of his last best chances to win the cup. I mean, I'm sure they'll be back and they'll retool and they'll, you know, do this that and the other, but this team had uh aspirations to do a lot more than this and you know losing to this boston i think boston is really good they look uh super good uh particularly given how they sort of rounded into shape uh late in the season and seem to have solved some of their problems uh so you know there's no shame in losing to that team but at the same time they didn't necessarily put up much of a fight necessarily even um in that after the first couple of games that they uh that they lost in overtime um the the next two that they lost were not even all that close uh and so yeah a lot of questions for where washington goes from here and a lot of questions about how great this bruins team can be you know now the question is about what their ceiling is can they can they win the cup uh because you know they look like a legit cup contender you know, a lot of the first half of the season uh, and certainly most of last season until the restart in the bubble. Um, and then they went through a really rough patch where inexplicably none of their depth lines could score at all. Uh, and they they had issues at defense <laughs> and Tuka Rask didn't look like his usual self. Uh, and they're 
Yeah, they, they, they had well, a lot they of trades for Taylor Hall, correctly. and they made a few uh, other trades uh, around the edges. Uh, picked up Mike Riley uh, on defense, uh, and now they look uh, like you know the the team that everybody was kind of expecting them to be going into the season. Uh, Pasternak had a great uh, series, led the team in scoring uh, with six points in five games. So yeah, I, I'm interested to see how far they can go. Right now, uh, they have a 59% chance of making the third round over either the Islanders or the Penguins, whoever ends up winning um, this uh, series. Uh, like we said, most likely uh, New York. And I mean, like just as we expected, it's oh, going to totally. be the number it's three chalk. versus the number four uh, contending for the yeah, East. I forgot Absolutely. To... Just, <laughs> I just, forgot like, to just mention, like it's on the yeah, board over there. Point <laughs> that Pittsburgh uh, went into this series as the division winner and, you know, kind of ostensibly the favorite to, to win the division. If you think about it just by like a seeding perspective, and now they're on the verge of getting eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Um, and I guess like here's kind of a question that we have talked a couple times a little bit about, but I want to throw some red meat for some of our fans out there who I know like the Capitals and uh, folks like that. But like you mentioned kind of Crosby and Ovechkin were an entire era that is like not closing, but like we're closer to the fair. end than the beginning yeah. necessarily is. I think that we've kind of talked about in the past. Um, if anything evinced by this, uh, by this particular playoff series. But um, so like, you know, how's that like how's that arc going like are we are we almost done with it yet is and who's kind of the well, next yeah batch i mean that i think that up? um we're not at the very end i think by any stretch of the imagination because both of them played really well this season no, yeah um right and ovechkin they were really good players that, yeah. that guy uh brent gretzky's brother in his sights in terms of the all-time goals record. <laughs> so, you know, he has an actual shot at potentially breaking that record, which would be a huge deal. So I don't think he's going to walk away from the game or, or, you know, fall fall off his uh, accustomed level of play anytime soon. But, yeah, at the same time, uh, I think we're seeing the next generation – yeah, Connor McDavid is probably going to win the MVP and he's probably the best player in hockey and the most valuable. And so you would say it would be his era, except for the fact that his team cannot seem to do anything in the playoffs. And it's a little Mike Trout esque, <laughs> I guess, if you're making a baseball comparison where you have this guy who's individually so brilliant and puts up amazing numbers and yet, uh, you know, just doesn't have much postseason success to show for it. Um, yeah. This uh this rag that I read had a story about that today. Uh called <laughs> oh, 538. About McDavid. Yeah, Terrence Doyle. We should have him on the yeah, show yeah. at some point. Uh, uh particularly if Boston goes deeper. He's uh, that'd be fun. one of those one of those other Bruin fans uh that we seem to have, you know, invite on the show all the time uh for some reason. Um <laughs> <laughs> I will ne- I will never like it is so like as a like New York city resident whose friends mostly live in New York city who likes New York city sports teams. It's shocking how nobody likes yeah, New York city you know, sports teams uh, except me. It, it, it is kind of shocking. Well, New York is a city, uh, you know, there's a lot of transplants here. So I think people bring their, their allegiances, uh, it's, yeah, from exactly. other places. And frankly, New York sports teams have not really been at their best in this no. sort of recent period of time, like the Yankees haven't won a world series since 2009, nope. which it's very rare for them to go a whole decade without it. The best yeah, team is the, the best Giants team in terms and they of championships for sure. The giants <laughs> winning two in the last, you know, 15 years or whatever it was. Um, and yeah, they, they've sort of uh, fallen off of that uh, as well. So yeah, you know, and the less said about the, Less said about the The Jets, Islanders the could better. do something. I don't um, know. Yeah, the Islanders, you know, uh, they're probably yeah. sneakily like, are they the best New York team? I mean, Brooklyn Nets are probably, but mm. it seems like not a lot of people here actually uh, root for them, uh, yeah. which is kind of weird, but I guess understandable. They're a little bit of like a store-bought team. They're interesting. Uh, that people seem to much more be supporting the Knicks, who have uh, this plucky underdog you know, like a Jim Dolan owned team would have a uh, narrative around them. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
I don't either. I don't know. I really don't either. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the Mets yeah. are the Mets. You know, they're always gonna they're they're just gonna uh, have constant injuries and other embarrassments. Uh, but enough about other sports. Uh, yeah, in terms of the next generation or whatever, we've got McDavid uh, in there. We also have some guys that could make a no- uh, make noise in the playoffs, like McKinnon on Colorado, like. Uh, yeah. Well, Taylor Hall could Taylor be in Hall. that conversation too uh, if he sort of does like full redemption arc after that horrible uh, time in Buffalo that he had. Um, but uh, also, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner on Toronto uh, are are uh, they had secretly kind of great seasons. Also, although McDavid sort of stole the thunder with that 105 point season, but Matthews had 41 goals in the shortened season, which is nothing to sneeze at uh, either. Uh, so, you know, those are guys that on that are on playoff teams that have aspirations to actually do something uh, in the postseason. And I can't forget about past David Pasternak. I mean, come on on Boston uh, and Brad Marchand. Um, can't forget about him. Uh, one of the few annoying uh, uh, agitator type players who actually turned into a really talented, great player also, uh, which is a little bit rare. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's no shortage of, of great players to kind of pick that up. Uh, the mantle. I don't know that there's like a signature rivalry, uh, coming up. We wanted Matthews versus McDavid, uh, in this next round of the playoffs and it did not happen. Uh, so if that had happened or if we could get that in some kind of subsequent season, that would be, um, I think the the NHL would Gary Bettman would enjoy that uh, because it really McDay uh, or Crosby and Ovechkin came along at just the right moment after the event, uh, the unnamed event uh, that yeah. their rivalry. And a lot of it was, I think we talked about this before. Some of it, a lot of it was like circumstance, team animosity and like media creation. And the fact that you just had two really good guys come along within (laughs) a few years of each other. But there was not necessarily as much personal beef between the two of them. Uh, They tried to kind of play that up in, in the press, but it was like they don't actually hate each other now. Evgeny Malkin hates Ovechkin. I, res- I really respect that. Uh, because Ovechkin, uh, something happened between Malkin's agent and Ovechkin at a Russian nightclub. I think we talked about this. Um, but it, yeah, that's a legitimate it sounds familiar beef, although I think they put that beef really... away. Uh, but yeah, the, the Crosby-Ovechkin thing was more like, hey, here's two really great all-time generational players who are both good at the same time. And they're often their teams are in each other's way en route to the cup uh, more than like this guy hates this other guy on a personal level. So what we need is more personal hate generated uh, between players on rival teams. I really, I genuinely think that rivalries are great and like that, like that, so like I like the Oscars as other stuff. And I think that the Oscars has suffered because there is none of this anymore. There is like, like there is no, like I want to win best actress this year. And I want to win. And like, the, the, like even if it's like mildly invented for a little bit of press, that's like really fun. And now it's just like this disengaged Gen X shit where nobody yeah, actually we need, pretends like, that Meryl they actually Street to like talk trash like, to, uh, you know, I don't know who we do. Glenn close. <laughs> we need Glenn close to Drop open it gloves. up, man. Yeah. Of goons no, that's what I'm saying. Style. Yeah, absolutely. Francis McDormand, go get in. I mean, again, like just like a little bit more like, like, again, I just think that they're very dispassionate. And so like, even like, obviously, like, you know, these are two professionals who are very good at their job. But even like the fake invented like rivalry stuff is like, it still does it. Like, there's a reason that wrestling is the most popular sport in America. Let's be honest yeah, with ourselves. Uh, and <laughs> like, that's why I like, I mean, it's unfortunate that there aren't like, I don't know what would be the signature star matchup in, in Florida versus Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, like, Huberto versus Braden Point, Kucherov versus uh, Alex Barkov. Like, I don't know that those <laughs> really, like, no one outside of hardcore hockey fans even know who some of these guys are, uh, which is a little bit of a problem. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, this series had the ingredients of um, that type of personal animosity between the two teams. Yeah. And, like, the the games have been, like, 
much better. Like the like just the like the turning on a game now in the background even versus like doing the same thing a month ago. It's it really and is having, night and day. I mean, this is all don't very very discount very tough, the effect of having of. crowds. I feel like that has made a big difference, especially in yeah. uh, some of the series where like I think it has yeah. the teams actually let that happen. You know, Canada is still the weird. Now it's weird, and this is actually a real blessing that now when you turn on hockey and you see the Canadian games and there's no one in the stands, that's the not the norm. The norm is to have the the fans in Florida and the fans yeah. in Carolina and so forth. Um, so I, I think that that's you know oh, one of the surest signs that we're back, baby. Sports is back. We're back. Sports is back. Everybody go to the store if you haven't already and pick up some mitochondria. It's great. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been great hockey so far. Uh, did I you did see, see news that. about I thought, Brent's well, I brother? I might talk about that. Uh, yeah, we got like five minutes left and I felt like let's talk a little bit about looking to the future. He did. Um, which, yeah, you so know, it's Brent's nice to see good things happen to people who have been kind of stuck in obscurity. Uh, no, I like Gretzky. Uh, I'm kind of curious about how this is going to work uh, because like the people have, he did with TNT. He got a job with Turner Sports and will be one sure, of the guys yeah. in the boot. Just to, just to say uh, what was, we're Because it was to. TNT, um, yeah. people threw around the phrase like the Charles Barkley of hockey. Now, anyone who said that must literally <laughs> never have heard Gretzky open his mouth and say anything because I cannot think of a less apt <laughs> comparison when you're talking about the very outspoken, very bombastic, lovably so, uh, but, you know, very personality, big personality, Charles Barkley. And then we're looking at, by comparison, the yes. soft-spoken Canadian, humble to a fault, uh, possibly has a little bit of a drinking problem, <laughs> but we don't talk about that. Uh, and his, his wife may have a gambling problem. Uh, Wayne Gretzky. Okay, listen, it, it, like if if we didn't like be cool with a lot of stuff on this podcast it would be well, yeah, Neil Payne look, monologuing we're not casting into judgment I think <laughs> that those types of things keep uh even gods like Gretzky you know give them a human side uh so I'm by no means casting aspersions on uh Brent Gretzky's brother uh but at the same time I just feel like he uh he, yes. he's not very Barkley-esque we'll put it that way he's very self-effacing very sort of um yeah, soft-spoken yeah. Maybe he can uh, change, you know, his uh, his his on air persona or whatever. Um, I mean, he's a he's a very. I will say, yeah, like, people it will get watch. in eyeballs. I mean, like, people, people will pro- like people will coach, tune in for which that, was also you know? weird when he was with the Arizona Coyotes. Wayne Gretzky <laughs> barking instructions from behind the bench at uh, for the Arizona Coyotes for like four or five seasons. It was very strange uh, that happened. I'm just kind of imagining somebody who like knows what somebody should be doing and is trying to drive the truck from the back yeah, of it. Right. And like, yeah. how do you, man, I must mean, have been hell for him like too. <laughs> like, like, why don't you just get it in the yeah, goal magically? Like, like wait, you do every wait time. A second. <laughs> You're taking these shots and they're just not doing the same thing that they did when, when, when I took them, I, I don't understand this. Just do the thing, <laughs> do the thing. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, need right, to be a coach. Exactly. He just needs yeah, to be a ratatouille. You know, um, like, the guys, uh, no, I, but, yeah, I, I don't know necessarily uh, what it'll be like, but I'll watch. You know, he's a very good, uh, I'm sure he had a very good ghostwriter also, but I read his book. Um, it's called like 99 Stories of the Game, and it goes through the history of hockey. Um, and huh. it, it seemed like he is like a genuinely kind of engaging storyteller uh, from that uh, or he just had a fantastic ghostwriter. Uh, you know, never rule that out. Maybe both. Um, but Maybe yeah, if both. you can kind of bring that to the um, the the broadcast, then you know they'll be fine because he's sort of a fount of hockey knowledge and an institution uh, and sort of a, a living legend, as we have um, covered at at great length on this show before. Yes, and we'll cover to the future. That seems like a thing that we might aim for in the offseason oh, of yeah. continuing our 10-part miniseries on, on Wayne. Well, it would nine. have to be a 9.9 So we'll part, cut it off it? Yeah. with anyway. like eight minutes left in the, <laughs> the final episode. Yeah. Sorry. Cliffhanger <laughs> at the end. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, the yep. DLC, DLC is his final game with the, the Rangers the... in 1999. <laughs> 
And specifically, did Yaromir Yager kiss him open mouth on the lips or not? We'll have to dissect that. Wait, how I know, are you just I, telling I don't know me why this now I buried this, far this lead. The podcast. This is, I don't know this why is I buried the, this lead. What the f- <laughs> okay, well. They went full. Okay, uh, in, welcome. This has been a couple of good Check out our website. Of, uh, of Gretzky's career. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> How dare you, you son of a bitch. Oh, God. All right. Well, this and more. We're going to, this isn't over. We're going to talk about this. But uh, I'm Walt Hickey. You can find me on the internet at Walt Hickey. Uh, you're Neil Payne. You can find Neil on the internet at Neil Payne, uh, Neil underscore Payne. More importantly, you can find us and all of our work, more specifically, a link directing you to Neil's GitHub at um, the website github.com slash uh, neilpain538.com yeah. <laughs>